Welcome to the Hoppy Retirement Show, featuring Amy Marks course from KMOX and Jeff Sachs with Sachs Financial. Now, Amy and Jeff and the Hoppy Retirement Show. Hoppy Retirement Podcast Day is always a really good day. It is. And it starts with that wonderful sound. It absolutely does. And I'm Amy. This is Jeff. And of course, we have our all-star guest, our favorite guest, Jill Sachs, Certified Financial Planner from Sachs Wealth Management. Well, hello. Hello from me, too. Hey, Jill. All right. I'm uh, looking at the setup here. And you have what appears to be a growler, which is, I don't think you've brought this before. I haven't. Today, we're going to do something different, something uh, special. We're going to have a special beer. This is one that I've made. Uh, If you've listened to the podcast, you've heard me talk about how I like to brew beer. And today, I thought that we could bring in uh, my beer that we have, talk about how we came up with it, the process of it, which will lead us into really how we start our conversations with our clients, which is understanding the why. Why are we having a conversation? Why are we doing what we're doing? What are we going to do when it comes to your financial plan? And ultimately, you know, when it comes to this beer, how did I, why did I create this beer? Because we talk about Saks Financial being a boutique firm and you customize plans, you customize what steps you're going to take to each client. So then it would make sense that you would have to get to know the client. That's right. Yep. And together, Jill and I have, when she's part of that conversation, it's really interesting to see how our clients open up and start talking to us. And we spend more time talking about what they want to accomplish rather than what their assets are. And I I sort of took that approach with, you know, when, when it comes to beer making, it was sort of, well, we can do anything we want. We can make any kind of beer. We can make it taste like anything that we want. And what really happened when we got it got this year was we started talking about what kind of beer does Jill like, what kind of beer do I like, what beer do I want to brew. And I'll let Jill tell a little bit of the story about how we got to this beer. Well, I think it's a really cute story. I love to tell it. Um, so I surprised Jeff on his birthday. Are we talking about how old yes. you are, Jeff? Uh, we, was... Well, we don't have to. <laughs> I will. Um, it was Jeff's 45th We're birthday. <laughs> and so and are we blurring, blurring yeah. that out? Um, yeah. so cut, we'll cut that. It was, Jeff, <laughs> it was Jeff's 45th birthday, and I didn't know what to get him. And, of course, you know, um, there's lots of choices. So I went to um, a local beer shop and I picked out 45 different kinds of beer for him. And prior to that, I was not really a big fan of beer at all. But we went through the process with our group of friends. We just would crack open, you know, 10, 12, however many beers, and we would all taste all of the beers. And through that process, I was able to really figure out what I liked and didn't like about different kinds of beer. Um, And so I think, you know, Jeff, Jeff also was able to say, you know, oh, this one is good or this one's not my favorite and based on, you know, a series of criteria. So then when he was like, all right, what beer am I going to brew next? We had kind of a laundry list of things we wanted to incorporate. And it turns out that Jill had been saying, I don't like beer because I don't like the way it tastes and I don't like it. I don't like beer. And And after drinking all of these beers, it turns out, Jill, actually, we now, first of all, we didn't drink them all at once. You know. um, <laughs> Disclaimer. But, right? Right. but uh, after drinking a lot of these beers, it turns out that Jill does like beer. She just doesn't like beer that tastes like beer, really bitter beer. Okay. So that was the challenge. So would that be like someone who says they like beer, but not, 
IPAs, for instance, because they don't like the hoppy. So you were finding what flavors you liked or didn't like. Exactly. And were you, you were finding that you disliked more than you liked? I found that there's like a certain, there are certain characteristics mm-hmm. that are right up my alley. You know, some people like light chocolate or milk chocolate and some people like dark chocolate. So I was finding that, you know, the bitterness of an IPA, like the overly dry, hoppy bitterness, that's a little bit too much for me. But some of these like hazy IPAs are delicious or um, some of those. Um, like This is why I talk about the beer and chill doesn't because she used <laughs> right? a term that was actually wrong. No! So um, part of the reason why she likes the beer that we're going to talk about is because it was dry hopped. So the ah. hoppiness in the beer and the, the taste of beer, general beer, you know, when we talk about regular beer, there's nothing special to it. It's some simple grains, some water, um, pulling the sugars out and making uh, the Budweiser or the, the typical beer. When we start getting into these fancier beers, they start doing interesting things with the hops and how they add those in. And the really bitter beer, all the hops goes in at the beginning while the water, the wort, the um, the brewing is still very hot, which destroys all the aroma and keeps all the bitterness of that flower. Um, the beer that we made today or that we're going to try today is called Perfect Haze mm-hmm. because it is a hazy IPA. And my friends and I were talking about how to name this beer, and it turns out because I followed a process, I followed a plan, this was the first time in my brewing career, if you can call it that, the history of me brewing beer, (laughs) that I hit my numbers. I hit all of the things that I wanted to do, and I came up with this perfect beer, and and I think it tastes delicious. Uh, Characteristics of a hoppy uh, of a hazy IPA or a New England style APA is you want it to have a fruity overtone. It shouldn't be very bitter. Uh, bittering scale is out of a hundred, and we're looking in the low twenties to mid thirties for a bittering content, which means you're going to taste it a little bit, but not that shouldn't be the overall characteristic of this beer. So it okay. should taste orange juice or grapefruit, kind of citrusy. Um, have a good. Um, Mouthfeel is one of those interesting words to me, but it should it should be smooth on your palate. All right. And that's what we're going to try. All right. Here we go. Right, here we go. We've got it in hand. All right. So I, and, and that's how we came up with it. And the mm. the adding hops is an essential part to brewing beer because yeah. it, it adds the flavor. The difference here was part of the plan and the research that I did um, was to find a way to add hops and still get flavor. And there is a process called a hop stand, which is a little bit different. Instead of adding all of these hops in during the brewing process, you actually cr- cool the wort down or the, the sugary water that we're going to turn into beer. You cool that down and add hops at that point um, and let it – they call it a hop stand because it sits in there for a period of time. And then after we fully cool it down, we add in all the yeast, we wait a day or two, that's when we do what's called dry hopping, which is adding hops in after everything has been cooled. Mm. Well, it's it's so bright to me, and you taste the fruitiness, and it's light. It doesn't taste bitter, but there's depth of flavor. Yep. But if it feels bright. I'm not sure if that's the right word for yeah, it. Yeah, it should. Really it should. good. It, and it's a contrast. We talked about this in other shows on the on the IPA. The IPA became so bitter and so dense, and there was this war to figure out who can add the most amount of bitter mm. content to a beer. And the, the craft beer movement for a long time was all about how bitter can I make my beer. The New England-style IPA was a response to that of saying – and let's go the opposite direction and come up with something that's kind of delicious. So this was brewed for Jill 
It was. By Jeff yeah, to right. brew a beer that she would love. And the verdict? How do you do? I love it. Oh, I love it. I did not pay her to say that. No, no. It is perfect, though. It's perfect haze. It is. It is perfect haze. <laughs> so, and that led us to think about, you know, when it comes to our process, when we talk with our clients, how can we make their retirement perfect? Mm-hmm. How can we help them uh, get to where we need to go? And it seems to me that when I talk to our clients, they say, God, this process is so different. Um, Why is that? It's because a lot of advisors out there, and there are great advisors out there, but a lot of people are so focused on what I call gathering assets that Mm -hmm. when you walk into their office, they're like, tell me what you have. And they look at it and they say, all right, well, here's what you should do. And there's not a lot of conversation about what you as an individual or you as a couple, as a family, want to accomplish during your life before you're retired or after you've retired, what do you want the rest of your life to look like? And for us, when we talk to our clients, we can manage assets. That's easy. It's figuring out what to do, what you want to accomplish. It's hard. Well, that's such a great point because with beer, I think even, you know, I'm thinking about if I were to walk in and say, what do I like in beers? I wouldn't necessarily know. Sometimes I know what I don't like. Do you ever have clients come in and not know right away what their priorities are and you have to talk them through it. I imagine it's like retirement therapy, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. We have people who come in and it's all about how we are able to ask questions and guide that conversation. It's a lot like Jeff trying to figure out what kind of beer I actually would Mm -hmm. consider drinking. You know, do I like it to be sweet? Do I like it to be tart? And so when we have people, we're, we're trying to figure out where are you in life? What is important to you? Do you want to pay for your kids or grandkids to go to college? Would you rather spend your money on traveling? Who's going to take care of you when you're older? What are all what are all the things that you want? And that helps us really understand what's important to people and craft a plan around what's what's important to them, not just saying, "Okay, we'll take your money and we'll do something with it." Yeah, and I think it's also about how we help people figure out what they want to do. Because if you've been working for 30 years and you decide, I'm going to stop working tomorrow, what does that look like? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't spend all day sitting in front of the TV. You can't spend all day playing golf. You have to have, you can't spend all day brewing beer. You have to have a little bit of a plan or an idea. And we talk with our clients to help them figure out what they want to do. And I imagine too, Maybe you have an idea of your priorities, so you know some of your priorities, but you don't know what your options are to increase the likelihood that you can rest secure in your retirement. What is feasible for you? If I retire now, how much money can I spend? If I work a few more years, how will that impact the plan? Yes, absolutely. People have those questions all the time. And how much can I spend? Because everybody always wants to know. I jokingly say the goal that I have is to make sure that you never have to work again. Mm-hmm. Right? When you retire, that's the last job you want to have. Retirement is a job. You have to work at it a little bit. And we want to make sure that you have the income to be able to do all those things during the, what I call like the go-go years. That's right after you retire, before the slow-go years. I stole this from somebody. I don't remember who it was, but <laughs> I loved it. And I was like, the go-go years are right when you retire and you have the energy and the ability to do it. Slow-go is you're like, ah, it's rainy outside. Maybe I shouldn't travel or you know, maybe I shouldn't go to this thing because it's going to take a long time. And then the no-go years are towards the end Mm -hmm. where you're like, I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to do these things because it's going to be too much of a problem. We try and help our clients figure out how to use their assets to make sure that they can enjoy the time that they have 
especially in their retirement. You know, one of the the number one obstacle that keeps me from asking a question is if I feel like it's a dumb question or I feel like I should already know the answer. Do you find that uh, clients may be afraid to ask a question? You kind of have to encourage them to say, listen, nobody knows you know, all the answers to this if this isn't your full time job. Yeah, I, I think that's that's exactly right, because it's not people are good at, I think, saving money. You get really good at it over 20, 30 years of working and then figuring out how to turn off that mentality of I need to save money. Now I need to actually spend some of that money I've saved is a hard transition. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for people to to ask those questions. Thankfully, in our office, we have what we call we, we started and said it's sort of like retirement therapy. We have therapy couches. We have retirement <laughs> couches in our office. And so when our clients come in, they sit down and we have an open conversation. And instead of spending that first meeting, that first discussion about where your assets are and all that sort of thing, we try and spend that time talking about what do you want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. What do you want it to look like? What do you want your beer to taste like? Yeah, and that's because it's, it's not a one size fits all. It's not that you're going to say, here's exactly our plan that we do for everybody. You truly are customizing, personalizing the plan Absolutely. to the people that come in and talk to you in your office. That's right. Yeah. And in in that, it seems daunting from uh, when, when we say it's customized for everybody, but it really is because my retirement isn't the same as your retirement, isn't going to be the same mm-hmm. as somebody else's retirement. Your friend that has an advisor that helped them with their planning might not be the right person for you because they have a specific way of doing it. It helps to have lots of opinions and have lots of people look at it. And if we can help with that, we will. All right. I'm going to give out the number okay. to talk to Jeff, and that is 314-266-9845. That's it. So 314-266-9845. People can give you a call and talk about the Happy Retirement Podcast and say, that's hey, right. I've got questions for you. And if you have a favorite beer, let me know. I'll try and make it. <laughs> oh, that sounds even better. And saxfinancial.com, they can visit and... Uh, well, this has been delightful. It's always a tasty podcast. I think this is, well, I don't say I think. I can take away the caveats. This is my favorite. <laughs> awesome. He's my favorite podcast. This is perfect. <laughs> Love it. Have a happy retirement. Happy retirement. <laughs>